Welcome to the fourth and final part of our series we've been in at the first of the year called Story of My Life. Everybody say, Story of My Life. Gonna have a great time in the Word of God. Say, before we do though, uh, as, you, as you've noticed, as you've heard, uh, especially during Revival Nights, we have a brand new worship pastor, Pastor DJ and Alicia. Hey, are you guys enjoying them? Come on, can you give them some love today and welcome them to Vibrant Church? We're so glad. So glad to have them. And if you've, if you've missed previous weeks of this series, let me just bring you up to speed. Well, we're all kind of embracing the reality that every day we are creating our life stories. And that one day we're gonna tell stories about our life to other people, to family, to children, to grandchildren. And the good news is that many of you, a few years from now, you're gonna tell a story about this current chapter of your life. And it's gonna be a story that you're really proud to tell. Many of you are gonna have a story that you're really proud to tell. You're gonna be able to say, hey, I made some new friends in that chapter of my life. I, I stepped out in faith. I started a new discipline that helped change the direction of my life. I was able to get over a hurt and, and mend a relationship. I I started a ministry that, 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 uh, that, that God has been using me in in a very powerful way. I stopped doing something in that season of my life, in that chapter. I stopped something that was hurting me. I, I decided to stop. And if you look back several chapters behind you to this chapter of your life right now, you're gonna have a story to tell. Unfortunately, and we all know this is true, for some of us, several years from now, we'll look back at this chapter of our life and we won't be so proud of it. We won't be so proud of this current chapter and the story that this is, that's developing right now. We might have made some decisions that we regret in this chapter and we really don't wanna tell this part of our story. The point is this, the decision is up to you. Everybody say it's up to me. In fact, here's the key thought for this whole series. Write this down in your notes. That the decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. I wanna do this one more time and I want us all to read this out loud together. It's 9 a.m., everyone's got caffeine in the system. We're glad to be in God's house today. We're smiling, we're full of energy. We are a responsive church, we're not a quiet church. And so we're gonna read it all together like we're in the word of God today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here we go, one, two, three. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. Good job, everybody. Give yourselves a big hand right now. Come on, there you go. Now watch, because in this chapter of your life, some of you, you're gonna sense that, that, that there's something new that needs to take place. Some of you may be sensing that right now. For others of you, it may happen later on in your life in a future chapter, but you're gonna suddenly realize, man, I'm supposed to, to, to take a new step of faith in my life. I'm supposed to venture out. There's something new. There's something different. I, I didn't expect it, but somehow I just know there's something more that I'm supposed to do. And when, when you get to that place, not if, but when you get to that place, here's the key thought for today. Write this down. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. Everybody say go. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to follow the hunch, is to take the step of faith and to go when it would be easier to play it safe and to live in your comfort zone. In fact, just to give you a little snapshot from my own life, there was a time, and some of you have heard this story of my, part of my testimony, but for those of you who haven't, I'll just tell you, there was a time that I was completely 
away from Christ, completely backslidden in some very dark, destructive things. I was serving in the Marine Corps at that time, and I remember that I had uh, completely lost, I completely lost any interest in all faith in God, in church, and every, I hated every bit of it. And I was just full of a lot of anger and re resentfulness and bitterness, and I was just lost in some very destructive destructive behaviors in my life in a very dark place, in a very lonely, lonely place. And I remember, this is before cell phones, come on somebody. So we were in the barracks and in the, each barracks room is three man rooms and you had a phone in there. And I remember one day getting a phone call and I answered the phone and there was this other Marine on the other end that I had never met before and he says, uh, is, this, is this Lance Corporal Delgado? And I said, yes, he said, my name is Corporal Halstead. You don't know me, but I serve in the tanks division uh, on base. And I said, what do you want? He said, well, I attend a church a little, a little bit away from this base on Sundays and I got your number from my pastor and I want to call you and see if they'll go to church with me. And I stopped him right there. I said, bro, forget this number. Hang up the phone. Don't ever call me again. I'm not interested in you or your church. And he said, well, I'm coming by your barracks at 8 a.m. Sunday morning with my family and I'm going to pick you up and take you to church, so be ready. And he hung the phone up. That Saturday night, we went on an all-night drinking bend. I mean, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. I mean, all the way to about 4 a.m., I collapsed. And then all of a sudden, at 8 a.m., and I just sat there, just plastered to the bed, just head pounding and thinking, if I just lay here, he'll go away. And eventually, he did. He went away. And I thought, man, this is great. Got this cat off my back. I'm so glad that's over with. Well, the next week I get a phone call in the barracks. He said, hey, this is Corporal Halstead again. I missed you this past Sunday, but I'm coming back this Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm gonna take you to church with my family. I want you to be ready. And I told him a few uh, uh, very colorful things and told him to get on his way and to forget he ever got this phone number. He said, I'll be there Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Saturday night, same thing. I mean, we was partay all night long, crazy, destructive mess, flat, passed out 4 a.m. Next thing, 8 o'clock in the morning, this cat's knocking on my door again. And again, I slept and just stayed put, and sure enough, he went away. And I thought, for sure, that's going to be the end of this guy. Next week, I get a call. This is Corporal Halstead from the Tanks Division. I said, brother, when are you going to take a hint? I don't want to talk to you or your family or your church. He said, I'm coming by 8 o'clock Sunday morning. I want you to be ready. I'm going to take you to church with me because I love you. I said, I don't care who you love. Leave me alone. Same thing happened. We was partying all night long, craziness. All of a sudden, Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, my eyes popped wide awake without nobody knocking on the door. Strange feeling happened to me in, in my bunk bed. There was no sense of any hangover whatsoever. I was completely fine. And I thought to myself, I looked at the clock at 7 a.m., and I thought, man, this cat's coming at 8 a.m. Let me just get up. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go to church with this dude, and then I'm going to tell him to get lost and leave me alone. I went, and I leave me alone. I don't ever want to go again. So sure enough, I got up, got dressed, 8 o'clock in the morning. I opened the door, met this guy for the first time, got in his van with his family and his little brat, and we went to church, to his church. I was mad the whole way. I was angry, upset, didn't want to do it, didn't want to be there. Drove to church in quiet while he was listening to Hosanna Integrity music, <laughs> making my skin crawl. We get to church. I told him, I don't want to sit with you. I'm going to sit in the back. I'm going to chill back here. You, I'll meet you afterwards. We roll out. He said, cool. I sat in the back. And all of a sudden, the first song of worship, I hadn't been in church in three or four years at this point. Been totally out of church. 
All of a sudden, the first song of worship started, and I'm on the back row, and I don't know what happened to me, but something just fell all over me. And here's what I realized it is hindsight. At that moment, I had forgotten what it felt like to be in the presence of God. And something began to break, something, the coldness began to melt on me. And I remember feeling like, man, get a hold of yourself. And people were just singing and all this stuff. And I didn't, I didn't want to be a part of it, but something was happening. And I remember I just, I got to a point where I couldn't contain myself. I just sat down. I just sat there going, what is wrong with me? And all of a sudden, this cork like popped in my heart. And this, I just started gushing, this uncontrollable. You ever have one of those uncontrollable, you can't stop it kind of cries? Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just coming out of everywhere. And I got my head down and I'm going, what is wrong with you? Get a hold of yourself. Don't let them get to you. <laughs> it got so, I was heaving so bad. It was just coming from a deep place, man. And God, the Holy Spirit was all over me. And I, it got to a certain point that I literally just leaned over and laid in the pew and was sobbing on the back row. And I don't remember what happened. I don't even know what this dude preached about to make a long story short. I knew at the end of his message, he gave an invitation for people to either receive Christ or to come back to Christ who had wandered away. And I knew there was a voice in my heart right then that told me, if you walk out of this door today, I'm gonna give you over to yourself. I brought you here to tell you I love you and you're running from my love and you're running from a calling I have on your life. Surrender to me today and let me show you what I can do. I don't know what happened, but I felt like I crawled my way up to the altar. I just lay, you ever remember those, remember those old altars we used to have with the padded cushion? And they all smelled like snot, you know? They stunk, man. I don't know what happened, I just laid on that thing, just cried and cried and cried. I don't remember what I prayed, it was very simple and it was very, very confrontational to be honest with you. I just simply prayed, God, I'm angry with you, but I can't keep going like I'm going and if you can do anything with a drunk, rebellious kid like me, I'll give you my life because I can't keep doing this anymore, I'm gonna kill myself. And I remember feeling all the nastiness just wash out of my life at that point. And I all, it, it really became real to me. It wasn't just growing up in church anymore. The, the God of my fathers became my God at that moment. And he became real to me for the first time in my life. It was real. Because sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay in the barracks. Sometimes it's easy. The best thing you can do is to break out of your comfort zone and break out of your mess and go when it would be easier to stay. And in this series, we've been asking the big question, how do we tell a story or how do we live a story worth telling? How do we live the story that God wants us to tell? And I believe the answer is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse two. We've been looking at it every week. And the Bible says, let us fix our eyes on who? Come on, let us fix our eyes on who? He is the what, everybody? He is the author of your life. He is the perfecter of our faith. If you're going to go, you're gonna have to leave where you are, and how many of you know that takes faith? That's why you need Jesus who perfects your faith. If you wanna write the story of your life in a way that pleases God, then guess who you want helping you author your story? You want Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who will help you live the story God wants you to tell. 
So in this series, we're making four decisions, and if you've been here, you kinda know what they are. In week number one, we decided to start a discipline that would help us live the way that God wants us to live and tell the story he wants us to tell. In week number two, we decided to stop anything that would hinder our story from being what it should be. Last week, we decided to stay the course when it would be easier to throw in the towel and, and quit and to walk away because how many of you know God will oftentimes call you to stay? But today, as we're following Jesus, when he calls us out of our comfort zone, and he will many times, he will call us into the unknown. He will call us out of the boat to walk on water. He will call us into some unknown places. When, not if, when he does it, we're gonna decide to go when it would be much easier to play it safe. And the Old Testament story I wanna look at today that really illustrates this perfectly is a story about Abram and Sarai who later became Abraham and Sarah. And if you know their backstory, the Bible says that Abram was worshiping a false god, a moon god named Nanar. And that's who he was. And so there Abram was, he's off, he's living in the Ur of the Chaldees, he's worshiping a false god, and all of a sudden, one day, the one true God comes to him and gives him a very simple and very direct command in Genesis 12 and verse one. It says, the Lord said to Abram, says, leave your country. Everybody say, leave your country. So the first thing God told Abram was leave. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and do what? Go. I want you to leave your, your, your country and I want you to go, watch this, to a land I will show you. Notice he didn't tell him what the land looked like, didn't tell him where the land was, didn't tell him what the terrain was, what the temperature was, what the people were like, didn't tell him what the economy was like, didn't tell him how much gas was there, how much a gallon of milk was gonna cost him there, how housing was, he didn't tell him, he just said, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show, I just want you to start walking. I will show you. I'm asking you to step out of your comfort. Everybody say, leave and go. Leave and go. Leave and go. And I know this seems obvious, but I wanna go ahead and say it, and that is, to go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. To go somewhere else, you have to leave what's known. You have to leave what's comfortable. You have to leave what's predictable and, and what's easy. I like to say it this way, to step into your destiny, you might have to step away from your security. Oh, that's so good, y'all being so quiet this morning on Sunday after Jesus has been so good to you and died for you and gave you everything you've got right now and we are gonna come in God's house and be quiet like this. I'm gonna say it again because I wanna hear it again because it just encourages me. Sometimes to step toward what God's calling you to do, you step toward your destiny, it's gonna mean that you gotta step away from your security, right? Think about Abram, think about Abram. God says, I want you to go to a place you've never been. But I grew up here. I got all my friends here. I like it here. I've almost got my house paid off here. My kids like their school here. I got my best friend here. We've been best friends since we were 12 years old. I get my hair cut right down the street. I don't, but some people do. <laughs> I know where to get my old chains, and I trust that guy. I've been going to him for 10 years. And there were all these things that were comfortable to Abram, and yet God is calling him to go to a place that he knew nothing of. 
And here's, what, here's the promise God gives him because God will never call you to something without attaching a promise to it. Understand that. He says, here's the promise he made to him in verse two. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you, Abram. And if you were Abram in that moment, you would have gone, huh? Hold up. There are gonna be nations come from us. What you talking about, Willis? God, don't you realize that we got zero children? Zero children, none. Now, I'm 75 years old at the time this happened. That's what, how old Abram would have been. I'm 75 years old. We've been trying for years, God. Now, I ain't saying the trying hadn't been fun, but no kids, zero kids, no results. We are childless, we cannot have children. And you sitting up here telling me that there are gonna be nations that are gonna come out of us? Here's something really, really, really important. I don't know if you've ever made a promise to God. You ever made promises to God in your life? Like, God, if you just help me pass this test, I promise I'll study for the next one, right? God, this is what I used to pray. God, if you just help me not get arrested for tonight, I promise you. I'll never do this again. All through the years, we've all made promises to God. How many of you have made a promise to God like that? Raise your hand. The rest of you are liars, that's what you are. Here's the thing, don't miss this, don't miss this. We are not changed by the promises that we make to God. We are changed by believing the promises that he makes to us. Woo! I hope you're here today. And I'm gonna say it again. We are not changed by the promises we make to God. We're changed by believing the promises that he makes to us. And God makes this incredible promise to Abram. And so what does Abram do? He says, God says, I want you to go. Trust me, I'm not gonna show you what it is. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you it's a step of faith. I want you to step out of your comfort. I want you to go, but here's the promise. If you do it, I'm gonna, I promise you all this stuff. And so what does he do? Watch this, very simply, here's what Abram, very simple, verse four, it just says, so Abram what? Come on, Abram left as the Lord told him. Wouldn't it be great if our life was just that simple? Abram just left. He went home, Sarai, listen, I know this is crazy, but I met this, this being named Yahweh, Jehovah, I am, and he told me that we had to pack everything up. Understand, Abraham was well wealthy. He had servants, he had cattle, he had everything. It probably a caravan of over 300 people. We're gonna pack it all up and we, we going. And she's like, okay, dear, where are we going? I don't know. We're just supposed to walk. Well, how long is it gonna to take to get there? I don't know. Well, honey, how are we gonna know when we get there? I don't know, he'll tell us, I guess. Ladies, how many of you would have been compliant with your husband in that moment? I want you just to stop for a moment and think about this. What would have happened if Abram didn't go? What if he had rationalized it out and just said, well, you know, it's easier to stay 
And I don't really know where I'm going anyway. And it doesn't really seem that safe to just be walking across the wilderness like that. It's kind of scary. And we don't have any kids anyway. We're probably not gonna have kids. This whole thing is just stupid. I, 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 just, I, I just heard that. Interestingly, it's funny that today, a lot of people refer to God as the God of whom? Do you know it? The God of? Come on, one more time. The God of? But if Abram didn't go, there would be no Isaac and there would be no Jacob. And he would not be known as the God of Abraham because Abraham would have stayed back with the moon god Nanor. Right? I'm telling you, there are untold consequences that would be different if Abraham didn't have the faith to obey God and step out. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning, there's gonna come a chapter in your life when you sense that there's something new and there's something different. And in order for you to go where you believe you're supposed to go, you're gonna have to leave where you are. And if you don't have the faith to do it, but instead by fear you don't do it, you have no idea the blessings that you're gonna miss if you don't obey. Are you with me today? You have no idea how much you'll miss out on if you don't if you don't obey. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be a lot easier to stay. And so let's do this. Let's just kind of step back and I wanna ask the big question that I've been asking every single week of this whole series and it's in your notes and it's this question right here. What does God want you to want? What does he want you to want? If he's gonna be the author of your story, what needs to change about the direction of your story? What does God want you to want? And I promise every single one of you in this room, those of you watching online, if you just take a step back from your life and you look at it from from a broader picture, you know that there's something that should be different for your story to be what God wants it to be. What does God want you to want? So for some of you, he may wants you to want more time with your family because you keep saying one day I will, but you keep overworking yourself to death. Or maybe he wants you to invest in your family's life spiritually to actually help them spiritually grow. Or it might be you, maybe you're the one who needs to grow spiritually in this chapter of your life. Or it might be something as simple as God wants you to want some financial freedom because you are strapped in debt and in bondage and it consumes you and you can't really be a blessing to anybody else the way you know you should because it's all about your stuff and your debt and God wants you to want something different. It could be that God wants you to start a ministry or to be involved in someone else's life or whatever it is. And now I wanna bring it to the application question. So the first question is what does God want you to want? Now, based on what God wants you to want, what step of faith do you need to take? What step of faith? Based on the story that God wants you to tell, what step of faith do you need to take so the story that you tell is what God intended it to be? Based on what God wants you to want, what step of faith do you need to take to get what God wants you to want? I want you to think about it because it could change your life when one day you decide to go when it would be easier to stay. And I'll just give you some examples from my own life when I decided, and these weren't easy things, but I decided 
to follow what I believe was God's direction and go when it would have been a lot easier for me to stay. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it completely back on you and I'm gonna let you wrestle with what you might need to do. But for me, going back to when I was in the Marines, after that experience and coming back to Christ, I knew that I had to make my faith public because all of a sudden, all these scriptures I had learned as a kid began to come back to my memory where Jesus said, if you do not confess me before men, I will not confess you before my father. And I remember one day walking up in the barracks room where they were watching all kinds of stuff on television and drinking and carrying on all this mess. And I remember walking up to the room and I said, hey! I, opened, I literally opened the door and said, hey! I said, what? I said, I just want y'all to know that I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm a... I'm a follower of Jesus now, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> and did I get laughed at? Yes. Did I get mocked? Yes. Did I lose friends? Yes. But I gained a whole community of faith that I've never had before. And you know what God was using that to prepare me for? He was using that to prepare me one day for when I was a pastor, the mocking and the ridicule and all the things that I would go through doing what God told me to do. I remember getting toward the end of my, my tour in the Marines and I did not re-enlist because I had, I had felt reacclimated to a passion of a calling I had been running from and I knew that God had called me to ministry and, and so I had, I had enrolled in one seminary in Texas but then I had gotten some information about another one in Phoenix and I wasn't even really interested but I watched the material, I, I, I downloaded, I watched the stuff and it just gripped my heart and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And even though I was comfortably settled in, in, in the Texas option, I had already done everything there. God was calling me to go and said, that's not my plan. I want you here. And I had to step out over here to a place I didn't know. Drove all the way across the country at 21 years old to go to seminary in Phoenix at a place I didn't know. I had to leave my comfort and go to a, th a thing I didn't know, but I just knew that God was calling me to it. And thank God I did. That's where I met my beautiful wife. I would not have had her. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I had to step out and go. And I remember the first church we pastored was in San Diego. We were there for three years. We pastored a church in San Diego, California. I was a young, just 23-year-old senior pastor. I don't recommend anybody go do that. That's suicide, y'all. It was crazy. But by the grace of God, that little church was so patient with me and we began to grow, started hiring a couple of staff, began to grow. And all of a sudden I felt like the Lord was burning my heart. He was bringing me back to the South. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. So I'm gonna take you back where I, where I designed you. I want you to plant a church. I'm gonna take you to a city. Long story short, we had to leave the comfort of here that we had built and we had to go. I remember unloading all of our boxes in South Haven, Mississippi. We woke up the next morning in an apartment full of boxes, didn't know a soul. It was me, Rachel, and, and little Ava had just been born. And we didn't know anybody, had no friends. There was no small group of people there waiting for us. We didn't have a building, we didn't have nothing. It was a total step of faith. And ladies and gentlemen, for the next six and a half years, God used us to plant a great church with a great people and that church is still thriving today. I handed it over to my student pastor. He's still pastoring that church today. And it's grown even way more than I ever thought. And then I remember the day because life is full of these suddenly moments. 
that God put it on my heart. I'm gonna take you now back to where I raised you. I want you to go back to Columbus, Mississippi. And I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Get thee behind me, devil. Not today, Satan, not today. From the first time I felt that, it took us three and a half years to even pray about it. That's how bad I didn't want to come back here. And it's not because I didn't love my hometown, because I do. I really didn't believe, if I could be very transparent with you, I didn't believe that this region was going to accept the vision that God had given me. Because it's a very, very traditional area. And I have much high honor and respect for that. By the way, you know you're spiritually mature when you can walk into any church environment, whether it's traditional or contemporary, and you can still get in the presence of God. This is not... This is not about style. God is a diverse God. Hey, there's some people that will never darken the doors of a church like this, but they're gonna find Jesus at some of our other traditional churches in town. And there's some people that would never darken the doors of those churches, but they come here and they find, how many believe God is a God of creativity? And you know what? I celebrate all of it. I celebrate all of it. We are not, Vibrant is not the chain in this region. We are just a link. We're just a link. We're not called to reach everybody. We're called to reach a group of people. And God is using all of the churches in this area to reach all types of people. And I celebrate every one of them. This is not about hymns versus contemporary or anything. Lights, no lights, music, uh, instruments, no. I'm so tired of the worship wars. It's just dumb. Why can't we all just get in where we fit in and celebrate and just love on Jesus and one day, man, come on, we, we can win people to Christ and one day get around the throne of God and celebrate everybody who got saved. So my philosophy when it comes to church is, I don't care what name's on the door, I don't care if you wear choir robes or jeans, I don't care if you do hymns or contemporary music, if you preach Jesus and him crucified and raised from the dead and no way to the Father except through him, I celebrate you. I hope you're hearing me online. But I really didn't believe, that's the only reason it took me so long, I just didn't believe that that this region was gonna accept the vision of the kind of church that God put in me to build. And I remember one day, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go over my time today so y'all can just relax. If you had brunch plans, you're gonna be late. I remember being in my office in South Haven just wrestling with this. And just really quick, I'll tell you what happened to me. I had a moment in my office one day where the Holy Spirit just arrested me. I was flipping through scripture, just trying to find, I had no peace, I had no peace. And you know, we kind of grew up in church, whether it's directly or indirectly taught that if God's in it, there's gonna be peace. If God directs you to do something, you're gonna have peace. Follow the peace. Follow pace, pace, pace. And for the first time in my life, my theology is getting rattled because I'm feeling God doing and directing me, but I got no peace. 
And I didn't know what to do with it. And I'm flipping through scripture and I come across the story of Elijah when he, after he just got done with the Mount Carmel and he, you know, all the prophets of Baal were killed, fire came out of heaven, all that good stuff that we love to read. And then Jezebel speaks and he gets scared and runs out into the wilderness. And there God is feeding him with ravens and he's giving him water to drink by a brook that he caused to miraculously flow. And there's this one little phrase in that story, I've read it a thousand times and missed it, and this one day it jumped up and grabbed me by the shirt. I was reading it, it simply said, and one day the Lord dried the brook up. God did that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, son, because at that time, the minute I felt like God was about to move me again, everything we were doing at the church in South was not working. I mean, just like that, it's like the grace that God had on my life for it just lifted. And all the stuff that used to work was not working. And the Lord spoke to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment and said, son, when I dry something up, there ain't no matter fasting and prayer you're gonna do to get it to flow again. You can either obey me, and he, here's what he showed me. Look what I did in Elisha's life. Look what I did to him. Because the brook dried up, he had to Go. And it was right after that that you read that he came across the widow of Zarephath. Remember the one that was starving and had no food and had a son and she had just a little bit of flour left and she's gonna bake a cake and eat it and die and Elisha shows up and says, no, go get me all the jars and vessels you have and you know the miracle she just kept pouring and it just, the oil just kept coming and coming. That never would have happened had he not gone. And I remember I knew that day we gotta go and it, but it wrecked my theology because I didn't understand. I don't have any peace. And I remember that moment, I was weeping in my office with this scripture because it was just shook me. And I said, but I don't have any peace, God, I don't have any peace. And all of a sudden, I begin to go from cover to cover to scripture, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just began to illuminate all the occasions in scripture where God called somebody to do something and they had no peace. Changed my theology, totally changed my theology. How many of you know Abraham didn't have no peace marching Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him? You see Joshua wrestling with taking over the leadership of Israel. He didn't have any peace. He said, no, I'm not that kind of a guy. You saw David wandering through the wilderness, being chased by Saul, completely not at peace, knowing he's supposed to be the king of Israel. You see Gideon, the angel of the Lord, finding him in a threshing floor, hiding out because he's a coward and saying, you mighty man of valor, get your tail up. God's about to do something with you. And he didn't have any peace taking 300 men against 10,000. And all of a sudden, it began to illuminate to me. And all of a sudden, I began to see, and here's the deal. I came all the way to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If at all possible, take this cup from me, Father. Sweating as great drops of blood. How many of you know that's not peace? So God spoke to me and here's what he told me. He said, peace is not in the assignment. Peace is in the obedience. Stop looking for peace in a location. I know you don't have peace about Columbus, but you will have peace obeying the call to go. And so we got our stuff all packed up and we drove down here to Columbus. And I remember going, God, I don't know if they're gonna receive me or what you've called me to build. I literally thought in my head, we're probably gonna last two years and they're gonna vomit us out of here. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna like this. 
And here we are, 11 and a half years later. And look what God is doing. Look what God's doing, it's all him. He gets all the glory for it because you don't know the blessings on the other side of obedience that you will miss if you don't go. If you don't go. And here, and here we are. And oftentimes I feel like the Lord will come and remind me, never again underestimate what I can do with the most unlikely leader in the most unlikely city with the most unlikely people so I can get all the glory for it. Amen. And I came today to tell somebody beyond a shadow of a doubt, I didn't want to go, but God wanted us to go. And sometimes, some of you, you'll have to take a step to, to go when it would be easier to stay. But I'm here to tell you, you might miss out on some of the greatest blessings of your life if you refuse to take the step of faith and go. Are you with me? Listen, God's gonna call some of you to go when it would be easier to stay. So what about it? So, so what about you? Based on what God wants you to want, what step of faith do you need to take? Where do you need to go? And just to be really, really, really clear before we go any further, what I'm not telling you is to leave your marriage. Don't you dare go home and say, well, it would be easier to stay with you, but Pastor Jason said to go, so adios, baby. No, 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 come on, am I being clear today? No, week number three last week was stay. Everybody say stay. Stay in your marriage. I'm also not telling you to leave your job. Like, well, I know there's something else better out there. I don't know what it is, but Pastor Jason said to go, so I'm telling you tomorrow morning I quit. I'm gone. No, that's stupid. Don't be stupid. Somebody lean over to your neighbor and tell him he's probably talking to you. Come on, don't be stupid. He might be talking to you. Don't be stupid. Wisdom, prayer, and faith, not stupid. Faith, everybody say faith. faith. Based on what God wants you to want, what step of faith do you need to take? Some of you, you're gonna take a, you're gonna take a step of faith and you're gonna start a small group. You're gonna get into the unknown. And you don't know who's gonna come and you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know if you're good enough. You don't even know what you're gonna share. But one day you're gonna be able to tell a story that's gonna be different and you're gonna be able to say, oh man, a while back, man, I wasn't sure about it. I was scared to death. But now I've got this great community of believers that we've developed and we're doing life together. And I had no idea how our lives would be different if I hadn't stepped out because you decided to go when it would have been easier to stay. Some of you... It'll be a ministry that you're gonna start or one that you're gonna get involved in here at Vibrant Church. And a few months later, you're gonna be like, man, I had no idea that serving others in this way would change my life so much. I had no idea the fulfillment. Or hey, I've always wanted to repair cars for single moms who couldn't afford to do it, and I don't even know how to get that started, but I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna find some single mother. But one day, you actually look back and you repaired 10 of them and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Look how God has used me. And then you're gonna get other men to come along and help you out. And you're gonna have your own ministry just repairing cars for single mothers and maybe even the elderly who can't afford to do that. But you need to take the first step. For some of you, there's a book inside of you and you need to set that book free. Quit your excuses and open up your laptop and just start to type. But what do I say? Start with the introduction. 
and then go from there. Some of you, there's a job that you've all, always wondered, could I, ever apply, could, I ever, could I ever get a job like that? But you're afraid, you're afraid that you might not, you're afraid that you might get rejected. And God's gonna lead you to take the step of faith and go for that interview at that job. And you might not get it, but you'll never know until you go. Come on, you have to step out to find out. <laughs> you gotta step out to find out. Some of you, there's a business you may start. And years from now, your story may be, man, you know, we started with nothing. We started with nothing and we didn't know. And man, look what's happened in our life as we followed Christ and took the step of faith into the unknown. Some of you, God may call you to go ahead and have more kids. He ain't calling me to do that. <laughs> but he may call you to do, I'm telling you, God calls people to do this. You've already got two and you kind of think, well, we like more, but we're not sure, and we don't know if we can afford it. And you know, when you go from two, because you know two's normal, when you go to three or four, things get weird. Just ask the Mackey family, they'll tell you. Or the Davidsons, they'll tell you. But if you decide to step out in faith, you just might believe that children are a blessing from God and you might have more, and you might change some kid's life. Some of you, God may call you to foster or to adopt and change some kid's life forever. And you're scared to death to do it, but he's telling you to go. Step out here on these waters and watch what I'll do. Whatever God's calling you to do, wherever he's calling you to step out in faith and go, you may be like, well, God, hold on a second. I need the details first. I need the details, God. What's gonna happen? I'll sign up. Listen, when God comes to you with a contract, there's no writing, there's just a signature line. He wants the signature first and then he'll fill it in. It's called faith. Everybody say faith. And you may say, I want the details. Come on God, give me the, I wanna know what's gonna happen. And God may tell you, you can't handle the details. If I told you what was gonna happen and what you were gonna have to endure and the things that you were gonna have to fight and climb over and, and you were gonna have to hurdle and you were gonna have to navigate and troubleshoot, you wouldn't sign up. I want you to sign up first and go and I'm gonna be with you and I'm gonna give you strength and I'm gonna give you power and I'm gonna give you wisdom and you're gonna be a testimony. But, but, but it might be hard. I'll tell you right now, it will be hard, but come on, God didn't call us to an easy life. He called us to a faith-filled life. And you may need to take a step of faith and go ahead when it would be easier to do nothing. Hey guys, you may be a single guy sitting in church today and four seats down from you is a good-looking single girl, right? And when you were worshiping God today, during the worship, man, you could feel the presence of the Lord. Mm. Felt good, didn't it? And so what you gonna do? What you gonna do, single dude? I'll tell you what you gonna do. You gonna go ahead and go brush your teeth. You gonna go groom yourself. You gonna put an iron on your wrinkled up clothes and you gonna step out in faith and ask a sister to dinner. That's what you gonna do. And she may marry you. And when she does marry you and you have your first son, you're gonna name him Jason. Why? Because I got you off your lazy single butt and I got you some action. 
And now you have a wife because you decided to go when it would be easier to stay. Hallelujah. I don't know if that's good, but it's fun that somebody may get married out of it. I don't know. Now, why is it? Listen, why is it? Why is it? Why is it so many of us don't go when we know we're supposed to go? Why is it that as a Christian, I may have this inner unction of the Holy Spirit. I may have this inner pull that's leading me to something and I don't do it. Well, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. For me, it's gonna be because I'm afraid or I'm insecure or I'm not sure how it's gonna work out. And I tell myself, you know, I, I, I can tell myself that I, I can always do it later. You know, I can do it sometime. Let me get to a more comfortable, secure spot in life and then I'll do that. And we con ourselves and deceive ourselves into all these excuses. And here's what I hope you'll understand. The bottom line is, I don't have faith. And this is what I want you to understand and get real deep in your spirit today. Scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. How did Abraham, how did Abram leave where he was and go to where God called him to, to go? How did he do it? Very simple. Hebrews 11 and verse eight says, how did Abraham do it? Come on, everybody. How did Abraham do it? Abraham, by faith. He did it how? He did it how? By faith, Abraham, when he was called to what? to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and he went, watch this, even though he did not know where he was going. How did he do it? He did it by faith. How will you do it? You'll do it by faith. When God calls you to go, but you don't know where you're going, how will you go? Somebody help me out. You'll go how? By faith, by faith. How do you lead the comfort? How, do, how did I lead the comfort of where I was in South Haven and what we had built for six and a half years, the people, the staff that I had, the life that we had? How was I able to leave all that to come to a place that I had left 15 years earlier and said I would never come back to? With a vision that I didn't think was gonna be received and come back to Columbus, Mississippi and lead this vision for Vibrant Church when I didn't know what was going to happen. I'll tell you, I did it by faith. How will you start what God tells you to start? You will do it by faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You may say, well, I don't have the faith to finish the journey and that's great news because you don't need to have faith to finish. You just need to have faith to start. You just need to have faith to take the first step. I promise you this, 22 years ago, I didn't have the faith for all of this. All I had the faith to do 22 years ago was to get up and get in my little beat up car and drive down to the, this little church and preach to a small group of people and share my heart and love on some people. That's all I had the faith to do. That's all I had the faith to do 22 years ago. You just take the first step of faith and you let God do the rest. He'll show up. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to start. I don't know what you're gonna have to have the, the faith to do, but one day you're gonna tell a story. And your story one day is either gonna be, oh man, hey, there was a chapter in my life where I sensed God calling me to do something and by faith I went, man, and it would have been easier to stay, but I went and all oh, the blessings that came from that. Or your story is gonna be by fear, I did nothing. One of those two stories, listen, 
By faith, I pray that you'll have the courage to start a discipline that will change the direction of your story. By faith, I pray you'll have the faith to stop something that would hinder your story from being what God wants it to be. By faith, I pray that you would have the courage to stay the course and be faithful to where you've been planted when it's easier to throw in the towel and walk away. And when, it, and when the time is right and it's going to happen and God calls you, I pray that you will have the faith to go and to step out in faith when it would be easier to stay because the decisions you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow and we want to live a life worthy to tell the story for the glory of the Lord so we'll fix our eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith if you believe it give him some praise today everybody hallelujah no one moving around father I just in your presence right now I just ask that you touch hearts Spirit of God, I just ask that you touch hearts in this moment, in this sacred moment. As you're praying this morning, if you're in this room, if you're watching online, God's gonna call you to go at some point. He's gonna call you to step out in something. For some of you, it'll be in the future. It's not the chapter you're in, but for some of you, for many of you, there's something right now that you know, you know, you know, you know. God caused you to be here or to watch online to confirm that inner unction that you've been excusing yourself out of. He's saying, no, 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 no. It's time to go. Trust me, trust me, I got you. I got you. I wanna pray for those of you. You're a believer. But maybe the prayer of your life would be, hey, either right now or in the future, whenever God calls me to go, I wanna I want pray that I have the courage to step out in faith. I don't wanna miss the blessings of God. I wanna pray with you right where you are. Believer, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Say, yes, I want, I want the courage either now or later to, to, to go when God calls me out. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be known as people of faith. <laughs> Jesus, you said that when you return to this earth, you will be looking for those people of faith people who believed you, people who trusted you, people who stepped out into nothing and watched you do everything. God, I just pray that you give us the courage and the strength to go when you command us to go. Knowing on the other side of that, there's blessings, untold difference that can be made, not only in our life, but it chain reacts generations. Many of us are sitting in this room we're watching online with Jesus in our life and a life-giving relationship with Jesus because generations ago, somebody in our family line decided to step out from the darkness and they received Christ. And it chain reacted all the way to our family line of the blessing of God. God, help us to be those kind of people that fix our eyes on you. We want you to be the author, <laughs> the author of our story because the decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. Give us the courage in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just remain in prayer for one moment. I wanna pray for another group of people in this room or watching online right now. And some of you wanna, you wanna go all in with Jesus or you wanna return to him 
or you wanna come to him for the first time, but there's something in you that keeps telling you, no, you gotta get your life right first. No, you gotta clean yourself up first. And I just wanna encourage you that there's no amount of cleaning up you can do to yourself to cause you to be pleasing to a holy God. God doesn't call you to clean yourself up and come to him. That's religion. The gospel is Jesus said, come as you are, and I will clean you up, and I will restore you, and I'll give you a purpose and a new name, and I'll give you everything I've got. I'll make you part of my family. I'll call you son. I'll call you daughter. I'll make you heirs of my kingdom. And I believe God's calling some of you. The first step of faith you're gonna take is right now. Because some of you have been sitting on the fringes. You've been sitting on the sidelines of, of the gospel. You've been sitting on the sidelines of Christianity. You believe in God, you come to church and all that stuff, but you're not all in. And you know that. You know that your heart is not there. You know that you're distant from him in your heart. You know that you're not in a life-giving relationship with Jesus. In fact, if I were to ask you to be honest this morning and say, are you sure? Do you know that if God were to require your life today, do you know where you would be? Some of you aren't even sure how to answer that question. And that scares me to death as your pastor. And so this is the step of faith. God's gonna call you to come out. I want you to come out from where you are. Take a step of faith and I want you to come toward me. And you might lose some friends because of it. You might lose some influence. You might lose some comfort because of that decision. But what you'll gain on the other side will blow your mind. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room, you're watching online, and you say, you know what? I want a fresh start with God. I want to take this step of faith, and I'm going to trust him with my soul. If you're far from God, and that is the cry of your heart, I just want to be forgiven. I just want to have the real deal I wanna pray with you right where you sit, right where you sit, but I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, all over this room, all over this room. Come on, right now, right now, right now, right now. Hands are going up, God bless you, I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, this is beautiful. Come on, where you at? I wanna see you, God bless you, I see you. I'm coming toward him today. I see you, God, I see you up there, God bless you, man. That's courage, that's courage. I wanna lead you in a very simple prayer if you raise your hand today. I don't want you to pray this from your mind, I want you to pray it from your heart. It's not just a recital, this is a prayer of a heart cry of your life. And we're gonna pray with you as a church family, we're gonna celebrate this moment in your life. Come on, everyone praying out loud right now. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins, wash me clean. I take the step of faith today and I come toward you and I surrender my heart completely to you. Fill me with your spirit and teach me to live for you. Thank you for a fresh start and a new beginning. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a big amen. And the church goes wild when people come to Jesus. Amen? That's what it's all about.